The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast. I have a very special guest today, a longtime friend, her husband and I and her have all been friends for probably a decade. So it's fun to see kind of her journey. So as you know, we're going to tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by marketers who built them. So I'm Scott Harkey. I'm the founder of the Harkey Group, which is a holding company of uh, independently owned, specialized and integrated ad agencies. So I have Mindy Weinstein, who is the CEO at Market Mindshift, which is a digital marketing company that helps large businesses across the US and abroad increase their customer base and organic traffic. She's been doing that since 2016. I've used her in the past. I've had her ghostwrite books for friends of mine. I remember when she was teaching at GCU, she's had students come over. So just a, a badass entrepreneur and marketing person. She's got a book called, I think, something around scarcity. I should know this. I'm not seeing it in my notes, but I'm sure we'll get into it. All right, we're back for number three. We just made it up on the Rebrand Podcast because we have a PhD on and why not? And we're going to talk about the neuroscience behind human decision-making. And I'm sure scarcity is going to play into that. So we have Minnie Weinstein back who a PhD has a book on scarcity. Um, I think the power of scarcity, the power of scarcity.com. Check it out. I'm definitely going to get it. We're nerding out. She has one of my favorite books on, on sales back there too with Orrin Claft. Uh, you can pitch anything. Uh, so we're just going to jump right into it. Okay. let's. You know, What are some more things you've learned with your research background, your educational background about how humans, especially in the US uh, or North America, are aligning with brands, buying different brands. Like, what can we learn from that? I've heard a lot of the crocodile brain kind of stuff. I've heard limbic system and frontal cortex. Is there maybe anything unique you've learned that you haven't seen from traditional kind of marketing courses and, and marketing presentations? So some of the things that I've encountered with my studies, they are things that we might have heard and we do know it in passing. So one of them I'm telling you and you're like, okay, well, yeah, I know that. But knowing why things happen is what's important. So I'll talk about some of those. So, and of course, we'll talk about scarcity and decision making, but I'll do that one last. It's really, really interesting because uh, with decision making, here's what we need to know about the brain is that we are constantly making decisions constantly. And I don't have the stat in front of me, but I actually do have it in my book of even how many decisions you make a day on food. Like you don't think about it because they're just happening fast, super fast. But because of all these different things that we're having to decide on a regular basis, our brain is always looking for shortcuts. And that's what I think is really intriguing. And so knowing that our brain is always looking for a mental shortcut, you have to understand then what helps 
create that mental shortcut. And so there are really a couple things. And the first one I want to talk about are experts, which I know this isn't going to be like earth shattering, but the why behind it is what to me is really crazy. So we do know influencers and experts, we trust them and they do impact our decisions. But there was actually a study done a while ago and I always hesitate bringing up his name because definitely not... Anyway, Bill Cosby. So I'll just say it that way. So you can, you know, think what you want. But this was a study that was done a long time ago. So if you know anything about Bill Cosby, he was a character in The Cosby Show and he was Dr. Hextable. I think I'm saying it wrong. I don't remember, but he was a pediatrician. So this is important to know. So he was a pediatrician, but he played one on TV. He wasn't one in real life. And so very popular show at the time. And so one brand brought him in and to be their spokesperson. And it was Jell-O, I believe. And so he was talking about Jell-O. And <laughs> that was an insane campaign. And man, we, we're going Bill Cosby on the Rebrand podcast. I love yeah. it. Let's, let's, yeah. let's continue. Trust me, I'm getting somewhere with this because there's some okay. other studies. But this is the one that I was like, this is crazy. So he does this whole, like he's a spokesperson, their sales go up. But when you stop and think about it, he was talking about like how, you know, the nutritional value and kids eating Jell-O he's not a doctor. Like he's not a pediatrician. And it's like, we know that logically, but he plays one. He also was brought on to be a spokesperson for a financial institution. Did nothing for them. Did nothing for them. So it even shows we believe experts, but they have to align. And then even though our brains know this is an actor or it could be even today's day and age, this still happens. We still think that if that's a character they play that, yeah, they, they're an expert on this and we start to take shortcuts. So there's been some others. So that was a super old one, but there's been other studies that have shown that when we are basically told by an expert, like this is a good product or this is a good recommendation for you, that our brain automatically takes that mental shortcut. And that has also been seen through neuroscience that goes back to that decision-making. We skip the steps because now someone who appears to know more than us, so even in that goofy example with Bill Cosby and Jell-O, someone who we think knows more than us is saying this is okay. So we're going to make the decision too. We're going to make that decision faster. And we know some of this stuff, but I feel like we don't understand the psychology behind it. And so when we are thinking from a brand perspective of, can we bring in an endorser or an influencer? I mean, it has to be something that would someone truly, truly trust that expert? And is that expert credible enough for them to make that mental shortcut? So that is one thing that's come up. And a second thing too, in terms of decision-making is that, and this is something that we know to an extent, but there's been a lot of research on it. You know, we all know the saying of like, oh, we make decisions based on our emotions. I mean, that comes up all the time. But what's really important from a brand perspective is though, even though we know we will take a mental, not even a mental shortcut, we'll make a decision based on our emotions. But what we do, and this is something we've seen again through research, is that as a consumer, we're still going to rationalize it to you. And so from a brand perspective, you can use emotional messaging, but you better give a rational reason for that person too. And I like to think of the Lincoln examples with uh, Conaghy and him, you know, and so where he's like doing these riffs on like driving this Lincoln, he was going on and on. Well, when you think about it, it's an emotional message, but there's always something, whether it's a visual or something little that's said that will all of a sudden give a rational reason. So there's one commercial he does and he's driving and he's 
doing this whole big riff on, I don't even remember what, but you see like on the dashboard, the safety features of the vehicle. So you start to rationalize, like I've purchased this car because it has these great features. And so even though we make those emotional decisions and we know that, again, that's not groundbreaking. We also know that there has to be something rational you can, irrational that you can let someone grab a hold of. I know I'm talking a lot. Let's just talk about scarcity. Then no, we can, keep going. Yeah. We, and then with scarcity, you know, that's something that is really, really big. And so again, because we are always looking for those mental shortcuts with scarcity, the way the brain works is if it's scarce, it's valuable. And I always talk about it as an equation, scarcity equals value. Well, when scarcity equals value, it leads to a mental shortcut. We just assume that people have already vetted a product. They know something we don't know, or because we are concerned that if we don't take action right now, it might be gone. So we don't want to keep thinking about it. So we're just going to take that mental shortcut and buy now. And I have, gosh, I have so many stories on that and examples, but think about like, we all do it. Like the Tickle Me Elmo doll. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I have that actually in my book. I start with You the, do? I Is do. That what I remember like people were going nuts over this damn Tickle Me Elmo doll. They were selling for thousands of dollars. It was thousands insane. Of dollars. It was so 100%. insane. Right. Because we're taking that mental shortcut. So, I mean, I'll give you... <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'll give you the short version, but it's, it's an embarrassing story. So again, I know we're going to be real on the show. So this is a personal embarrassing story, Perfect. but my husband and I, so Mike, we were at Total Wine and this was in the summer. And if you've been to Total Wine, it's really overwhelming. There's tons of choices. You don't, it's overwhelming. Just leave it at that. So he was off somewhere and he was looking at bourbon or something. And I was in the white wine aisle and there was, (laughs) there was, a bottle that had a sign on it that said best value. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So I picked it up, but it was only $5. So I was like, how good could it really be? And I'll drink cheaper wine. Like I got my Trader Joe's wine, but I was like $5. Like really? Well, someone from the store walks by and goes, we still have that in stock. I'm so shocked because I had someone this morning who called and asked if we had any more because they're sold out everywhere. And I told her we had three crates or three, you know, cases left. And I thought she picked them up. And so now I'm like, well, that's interesting, right? Mental shortcut. So, but still for some reason, I'm holding the bottle. I don't know why it was such a big decision. And no joke, another guy walks by working from Total Wine and says, I can't believe we still have that. So then I went and found Mike. I'm like, oh my gosh, get a shopping cart. We're getting a case of this white wine. You know, it's so good. It's, you know, best value. And I was going through this whole thing because I took this mental shortcut out all these choices. So we buy this wine the whole way home. I'm talking about how I'm going to go and check out all the total wines and buy all their inventory because it's amazing, right? So then that night, and this is where you're going to think I'm crazy. So that night we open up the bottle. I pour it for both of us. We take a sip and I was like, hey, so what do you think? And Mike just goes, well, it's okay if you like white wine. I don't really like white wine. Here's the thing. I don't either. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, my goofy, everyone's getting totally different to me, but here's the deal. I've written a book on it. I'm a marketer. I've done all this research on it yet. I fall into it because here's what happened. I'm standing there looking at wine and it was the summer. So it, you know, kind of worked out, but it's best value. People are telling me that everyone else wants it. I know that they're not going to keep carrying it. So there's a supply issue. I took a mental shortcut and I purchased it. And so scarcity equals value. Mm. I still have the case in our wine cellar, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, so, man, the things that I am thinking about now as a marketer is where are there opportunities for mental shortcuts with some of our brands? And a great line from a famous CMO who was on our show, Mike Linton, he talks about is brand over time sales overnight. And as marketers, we have to do both. And I think as using more power of scarcity in the right authentic way can help those sales overnight and brand over time because we're we're showcasing value, we're differentiating. So what a really cool concept. I can't wait to read your book. So I'm going to go on Amazon and order that. Or uh, did you do an Audible? I don't know if you did an Audible because... It's it's Audible. It's not my voice, but yes, it's on Audible. Okay, perfect. So I can't wait to check that out. But man, so many opportunities, I think, to build value, to build customers at the same time and build sales. That's what I like most about this scarcity model is... Um, we're not discounting, right? We're not devaluing the brand for sales. We're not talking about performance marketing strategies and stupid shit like that. We're we're talking about how to differentiate, how to provide uniqueness for our customers, how to provide value and provide that shortcut that Mindy describes for buying behaviors, which is great. So I mean, I can just think of so many examples from B2B to B2C where this can be used. And again, like I think there's people doing it in a way that is dorky. I know that's the only way I can describe it, where it just it's off-putting. And, and I think Mindy had a great example, or my bug guys example. Like, how do we do it in not the old school 80s sales mentality? How can we do it in a way that's like we're selling 10 of 10 Banksies that are so unique and so limited of supply that you're going to want this and then you're gonna feel that self-expressive benefit that people really crave as consumers, as brand advocates to say, I'm unique and special because I'm aligned with this brand because it does have value and it is unique and it represents the uniqueness of me as a person, as a human being. I think that's uh, really... I just think I haven't heard the concept of scarcity. No wonder McGraw-Hill picked you up. So I'm going to pick up that book. We've gone all over. I appreciate it. We were able to get three episodes. So I know Ben's going to be happy. And I think uh, I think people are going to get some really good value out of this. And I'm already thinking, I'm sure others are out there like, what other things can we be doing to take advantage of scarcity? I don't think we're doing enough as marketers. We want to mass produce shit and then people just to buy it. Well, that, that would be great. But that's not how the world works. And I, I think there's tiny little executional things that we can do that will increase that from click to purchase and build brand value at the same time. That's what's so fascinating to me. So man, this was awesome. I appreciate you. I need to have some some wine or some cigars with Mike soon. Uh, been way too long. And you guys live way too close. But congrats on the book. Congrats on everything. Hopefully we can collab on something soon. I'm sure we will. And yeah, until next time, uh, you know, whatever our tagline is. One more show note I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes, we're going to have it on our website. You know the deal, blah, 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 blah. If you want to hear about uh, the most powerful impact marketing campaign that you know of, please apply. Just approve like five the other week. I mean, people are just randomly reaching out. Like, I'm a nerd. I mean, I just had one of the chief strategy officers of like Wyden Kennedy must be on the show. And I was like, hell yeah, we're going somewhere with this podcast. My producer was even telling us like, okay, what we're going to talk about. I'm like, no, I don't care. Get him on. I want to have him on again. I saw their presentation about the widened work they did for McDonald's. I was freaking blown away. 
I have a huge crush on White and Kennedy, one of my favorite agencies. So little, I'm going to tease that. We're going to have, uh, at least I, I approved the show. So I don't, I, I'm hoping he's coming on. He reached out to us cold to come on. So I'm like, hell yeah, we're making an impact. Again, we keep increasing subscribers. I heard the other day, I keep saying we're just around 5,000. We're actually now 7,000 subscribers. We've now gotten over 50,000 downloads on the show, which is insane. So the only reason that's happening is all you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just hacking stuff together. So the fact that you guys are listening and getting something out of it, freaking love it. I am putting time and effort into it to do the best that we can. We've got a great producer. We're getting really good guests. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.